Hey guys, you're listening to Leaving a Legacy. You don't have to scoop to anyone. Right. Even it, your mom, you know, and she's <laughs> gonna pop eight, and you're gonna pop her out, man. So we're going. <laughs> we moved into the balls deep portion of the <laughs> There's some things you just can't find, but it's like, like Mex- Mexican food, you can't buy Mexican food. <laughs> Hello again. Happy 2016. Welcome to another episode of Leaving a Legacy. I am your favorite Delver 8, Patrick. Uh, with me on the call is Adrian. What's up, man? Well, you're not quite my favorite, but you're, you're close second. <laughs> and, uh, and Jerry, what's going on, dude? Uh, just hanging out, man. <laughs> How you guys been? We haven't had all three of us on the call in a long, long time, man. This feels good. Yeah, it is kind of, it has been a little fucking weird, huh? This yeah. is also like the last week I would have expected it, the week before Christmas and New Year's. I would have figured this mm-hmm. was our, like, yeah, we'll just skip it this week. week. Oh, you can't skip a week, man. You can't. You can't skip I, a week. I was, very, I was very happy when I'm like, hey, are we recording? And everyone's like, yeah, let's fucking do this. It's great. It's great. You guys are the best, man. You guys are the best. Well, you got, You should really be thanking Lita. Cause Thank she, you, Lita. Yeah, she's letting me. Oh, what a sweetheart. She is a sweetheart. I was just looking at her. She's so cute. She, awesome. She's in the room, isn't she? Yeah, she's in the room. <laughs> tell, tell her, tell her, Pat says thank you. I say thank you very much. I'm glad to talk to you guys tonight. I will, I will. Pat says thank you, sweetie. Adrian, <laughs> hey, I want you to take all of that and just replace Pat with Jerry. <laughs> uh, Jerry's so cute. Uh, <laughs> Jerry says nope. Thank you. <laughs> wrong part. Wrong part. Wrong part. Wrong part. <laughs> oh man. So you guys been playing any Legacy lately? No. Yeah, I play. Uh, <laughs> good, good. All right, that covers it. <laughs> Moving on. Pat, oh, I just also noticed you stole my thunder. <laughs> you mean the thunder you've been holding up for fucking five months? No, it was the most epic slow roll ever. <laughs> the hell are you talking oh. about? Ah, uh, well, uh. apparently we have an eternal witness playmat for auction with the uh, proceeds being split between St. Jude's Children's Hospital and MTGCast.com. There's a lovely post about it in the Facebook group posted by Patrick Ujo. <laughs> oh, Pat, you're the fucking boss. See that? See that, Jerry? Oh. I was slow Pat rolling accident. it. Pat slow rolling it like a miracle. <laughs> you can't get it done, and Pat just accidentally handles it. Uh, well, that's how it goes. What can I say? Okay. I'm here to help you, Jerry. You're too. You're too busy moving around large dollar amounts for clients, like you know. Work in the financial markets. I'm just sitting over here selling fish, so I can handle the place. <laughs> I, can take, I can take that on. There's actually oh. a lot of similarities between trading stocks and trading fish. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Nothing lasts forever, right? Like, exactly. Exactly. First in, first out. You know. So, so let's let's just be clear on this. Then this is not a blind auction, right? No. It's, it's nope. just the highest bid, and yep. you're gonna you're gonna keep posting the highest bid in this Facebook group. Yeah, that's right. And I won't post who has the highest bid. I'll just say, hey, I'll put it in the original post. I'll say, hey, high bid right now is $20. And then I'll update it with high bid right now is $25. We'll just keep it going that way. That way, no one wastes their time getting a hold of me, you know, with a bid that's too low. Um, and that way, I think I think it'll help, you know, drive up the donation here. And um, All right. Yeah, so I'm, I'm excited. I'm curious, right? Yeah, I'm curious to see how this works out compared to a blind yeah. auction. Because here's, all right, so here's my question. Uh, let's say I bid five hundred dollars the auction closes nobody beats it and then i'm like oh actually i can't do that yeah 
So well, we... I mean, then we then I would just have to reopen the auction like anything else. Right, hopefully so... that's hopefully that's not the case. I mean, I think because it's open to listeners of the podcast. I mean, everything else has gone really well. You guys have been phenomenal with sending in cards for these uh, these charities. We've been donating all this money to. So, um, you know, I just ask people to be honest and like if it's something that you want to get into, that's great. Get into it, and then uh, you'll you know everyone will know what the bid is on it. So you don't have to put up some outrageous amount that you can't swing like. Put up what you think is reasonable, what you want to pay for, or you know what's more important to you for donating, you know, the money, and uh, just go from there. And like I said, if we run into any hiccups down the down the line, I'll I'll figure it out and handle it. Cool. All right. And then this because you're only posting the high bid on uh, the Facebook group, mm-hmm. so somebody doesn't actually even need a Facebook account to make a bid; they can just bid to your Gmail account. Yeah, just send it to uh, puglow at gmail.com. Yeah. And, so. Uh, Yep. If you know, if out on the carpet, Jim wants to make a bid because yep. he doesn't have Facebook, he could just email you a bid. Absolutely, man. Yep. And, then, and then we could just and we can update update it on the Facebook group. We can uh, mention it on the podcast also, right? Absolutely, man. Yep, absolutely. All right. So thanks, Jerry. Your Pat's already handling your New Year's resolution. <laughs> I'm just a really good delegator. That's the sign of good management. I just, I just, I felt so inspired. I felt so inspired listening to your New Year's resolution, Jerry. I just wanted to help you out with it, you know, make sure you succeed, set you up for success. Yeah. So, so I also, I also uh, just handled one of my New Year's resolutions. Oh, what'd you do? I finished Marfolk. No way. Oh, the sideboard and everything? Uh, sideboard's good enough. Yep. Made All deck. right. Yep. Nice. Very nice. So, are you, am I going to see you at TE on Sunday? Uh, perhaps. I don't know. I'm debating about um, acting, and I forgot, Pat. I don't even know if you heard this, but I forgot that actually Ice Imports does sealed for 15 with prize I, support. I heard. I heard. Yeah. I forgot about that. And like, you know, and it's weird oh, that's because a, that's a damn good seal, fucking price for sealed. That's like unreal. Like the, I would, the, you know, the, that's what like most stores charge for booster draft. Oh yeah, yeah. Like if you get twelve to fifteen bucks for booster draft with prize support, that's like a that's a great deal, you know. Well, here's 15... the thing. I was talking to I was talking to Nate about it because, uh, you know, like I I was thinking it's fifteen without prize support, and I would do that. You know what I mean? But yeah. it was fifteen with prize support, and they were having a hard time getting it to fire. And I'm like, well, it, I could, like, yeah, I was trying to follow that. And Nate's like, well, when a set just releases and people don't have the cards to play standard, that's when they'll start. There's a lot of demand for it, sure. Yep. He's like, but as the set's been opened and it starts going to the next set and, like, card prices are dropping, yeah, we'll have less interest in doing the sale. I still have an interest in doing the sale because there's expeditions in the set. Yep. You know, just weird things like that that are actually just value anyway. Yep. And uh, and it's a good way to turn cards into legacy staples. And um, so it was just... It, it it was weird. I went down there and actually realized it was sealed. So that's like a Sunday thing. If I wanted to, I can like flip a coin and do I go play Legacy or do I go do Sealed? Because if I can do Legacy up in Acton and then go do Sealed, or if I skip Acton, I can go play a T. But I ended up I finished Merfolk and I picked up more pieces for Tintins. Yeah, nice. I, I I hear that, Adrian. I I love Nate and I love that's entertainment out in Worcester. But now that Acton, I can play Tuesdays and, well, not really Tuesdays, but now that I can play Fridays there, it just makes that drive on Sunday seem that much longer. Yeah. Well, yeah, for me, the drive to Acton is longer. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, and of course, I, I, I love playing down at T. It's, it's close. Uh, it's really good. It's just I like to try to play different. It, the thing, too, is, like, uh, you know, now I have a complete deck. So if I go to the same place and play the same deck... It's uh, it's it's so predictable, 
Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's already going to be predictable because people are going to walk in, sit down, and if they recognize me or even listen to this, you know, the one person that does, um, they're already going to know what I'm playing before I even start, which is, I mean, it's okay. The deck isn't really secretive. You're going to know what I'm doing turn one anyway. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But, like, when you prepare for next week and you can assume I'll be there, you have sideboard. Like, who's how many people are going to start playing Luan now? And I actually forgot about Luan until I was looking it up because I used to play. I used to play two copies yeah. of Luan. That card used to see so much play and just fell off the face of the cliff. Well, Nate actually pointed something good out too that I forgot about. Was uh, he was talking about? What, I, I was asking him about something, and he started mentioning Vapor Snag, and just yeah. for like just for Tassiger and Gurmag Angler. Yeah, it's great. I actually, when I was running Blue Red Delver, I used to run Vapor Snag in my sideboard exactly for Gurmag Angler because. If they delve away seven cards out of the graveyard and you vapor snag it like on their end step, it just feels real bad for them because they just they, they just had a whole lot of setup to get the thing out on the board and you just took it out with one mana. Uh, yeah, I just I just don't know how afraid I am of that with like a deck full of lords. I mean, it's like playing blue slivers. Merfolk is yeah. so. It's, it's, yeah, I, I don't what? think I don't think Merfolk is weak to vapor snag by any stretch. Yeah, absolutely. Well, no, my thing was about whether it's weak to Tassig or a Gurmag Angler. Yeah, oh, Merfolk sure. could run vapor snag. Funny story about vapor snag is uh, Ara. A uh, friend of the cast he's been on before. Um, we went down to Eternal Extravaganza, and he forgot his Legacy deck at home. Mm-hmm. And the only other deck that we had on us was uh, our other friend's uh, weird version of Affinity that was like... I'm not even going to get into it, but the <laughs> the point of it was it was running Vapor Snag and Affinity. And he went up against Reanimator uh, round one and just destroyed Reanimator with Vapor Snags. Because that card sets them back so much. Oh, sure. Much. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, I was so... So, I was thinking about uh, Luan, because I used to play two copies of Luan in the sideboard, just because mm-hmm. people were doing... It was really because there was a lot more Stoneforge Mystics, and people were sleeving up uh, True Name Nemesis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, uh, Adrian, what does Luan do for our listeners at home? Uh, something crazy, like, uh, when Luan <laughs> enters the battlefield... Bounce all blue creatures your opponents control, and they can't play blue creatures for the rest of the game. Yep. So it's it's an absolute merfolk breaker. It it used to, it saw so much play uh, when merfolk was a tier one deck in the format uh, because it's just like a house. It's also a two three. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it, it's it is a cephalid, not a merfolk. It is. It, it looks like everyone assumes it's a merfolk because you run it in merfolk and it's a sea creature. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's from Torment. That's been around for a while. Well, it was weird because it was like, what was it? I think when I picked them up a while ago, they were like eight bucks or something. And then, like, T had a play set for ten. Like, jeez. They used to be like 20 bucks each during its heyday. Yeah, there were a lot more. Yeah. And, uh, but, like, you know, I I, I was playing it because there was another kid that was playing Merfolk, and it was just a complete house against a Merfolk, like, especially in a Merfolk deck against a Merfolk deck, because <laughs> he was doing, he was doing Chalice of the Void Merfolk, um, he was using Cavern of Souls anyway, so he wasn't as reliant on the Vials, mm-hmm. so, like, you can't, you can't even cast it, it's nice that you get the uncounterable Merfolk, but you just can't cast them. It's actually funny, it... It's pretty good against Shardless Bug, too, I'm realizing, because it costs three colorless and a blue, so it's out of Abrupt Decay range, and it shuts off Shardless Agent and Delver, so they basically have to rely on Tarmogoyf. 
Well, I wouldn't say Delver is Shardless Bug. That's Bug Delver. Shardless Agent yeah. Delver, they don't go in the I same guess, deck. But yeah, you're Shard- right. I mean, you wouldn't really Shard- get a two-for-one in that case. It's one or the other. Like, Shardless Bug, you can't cast Shardless Agent, you can't cast Baleful Strix, but you still have Tarmogoyf Deathrite Shaman. You know, which isn't really, you're not, yeah. I mean, Mer- Merfolk is island walking them anyway. It's not even so much, they can abrupt decay, and that's that's fine. Like, the deck is just, it's blue slivers. You know, <laughs> it's, 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 it's so, it's very linear. It's it's kind of, it sort of feels boring to play, but it's just, it just feels like, you know, you you have to figure out what you're playing around. I mean, it's um it's a deck I haven't played in a while. It, it kind of gets linear. It, it gets boring for me because it's so linear. It's it's not like, you know, like a combo deck. You have so many different lines of play, and you have to sequence them. Merfolk isn't like that. Like you're okay. Am I sequencing? Which Merfolk am I going to show so I can cast this Silvergill Adept and still violin a true name nemesis? You know what I mean? It's like really, it's it's not. There's not as many. Um, the decision tree seems smaller in Merfolk, but it seems it's more. It's it's fairly more, powerful. It's more uh, subtle. Yeah. Okay. Sure. So and so I got a few things in the sideboard that are not normal, mm-hmm. you know. Like like right now I still don't have surgical extraction, so I'm just playing Fairy Macabre. Nice, yo, Fairy Macabre. That 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 card has been the bane of my existence on more than one occasion. Well, I, I'm thinking too. I'm like, actually, I'll give it a shot and see what happens. Because worse comes to worse, I'll just violate it and attack the last two damage. <laughs> you, <laughs> you, it's also uncounterable because it's, you're not <laughs> casting anything. Yeah, Fairy Macabre is just a creature that says, "Remove it from your hand from the game, exile two cards from target player's graveyard." Yeah. No spell, just it's an ability. <laughs> yeah. So yes. you can stifle it if you really want. Um. Can you? Uh, I mean, like, actually, it, that's like a good sec- question. You might not even be able to stifle it. Activated or tr- well, maybe it is an activated ability. I don't. Uh, it's, it's not an alternate. Card. Judge. <laughs> yeah, right. Like cycling a land is not. You can't stifle a land cycle, right? Uh, that like, is also what? a question I'm not sure of. <laughs> okay, look at where we dug up. Yeah, someone needs to reactivate this. Can you stifle it account? Because they haven't tweeted anything out in a while. Hmm. So yeah. So anyway, I got Fairy Macabre going, and um, there's a couple other things I have in the sideboard that. Uh, oh jeez, I don't even. I don't even know. Like th- normally, I would want to play at least one Hercules Recall, and I don't have a Hercules Recall. Mm-hmm. So I'm not terribly concerned about it. I'm just playing Echoing Truth. Um, I I do have a copy of Split Decision just because I want to see what that ends up doing. Yeah. Which is that Will of the Council. It's either a it's either a counter or a copy. Right, exactly. And I forget the way it's worded, but it, I think it always ends up as a counter because you have final say. Or um, like that. It, Just... it's it's duplication gets more votes or t- is tied for the vote. Copy the spell. Oh, it's so copy it is is what usually ends up happening. Yeah, so it's it's default copy, um, and then like other things that I'm playing that are awkward out of the sideboard. Not awkward, but just not normal. Is um. <laughs> Because I have them as two stifles, two misdirections. That's not super awkward. I can see both of those. Misdirection yeah. less than stifle, but I mean, misdirection is still a solid card. It's just, yeah, I mean, for like abrupt decay. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, it, you can't counter abrupt decay, but it can certainly redirect it to your true name nemesis. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Anyway, so so uh, that's one New Year's resolution down. <laughs> and then that's awesome, man. The, had took care of Jerry's other one. Yeah, I already have already have a bit on the on the uh, mat. So do you? Yeah. <laughs> Was it from Jerry? No. 
Jerry's like, I'll pay the hundred dollars. I was, I was actually going, I was going to. If we didn't get a bid by the end of the cast, I was going to throw a number out there. <laughs> and then the the other things I ended up picking up were uh, two grizzled brands, a shallow grave, and a place set of brainstorms. <laughs> nice. So I wonder what you're going to do with those, man. I have no idea. Well, the, the thing is, is from Merfolk, by doing that, you really easily translate over to Reanimator. You know, it's not much. You know, once you start putting tin fins to get like in tombs going both mm-hmm. you know you can pick up one and walk over to the other easily either way yeah. reanimate reanimator tin fins it's not a big deal you, you're still using the force of wills from merfolk the entombs going both decks either way you're going to look at an underground sea you know what i mean yeah but you're only looking at one and some fetch lands so i'm actually hoping to see i don't know when fetch lands cycle out of standard they will be going out um, in with the uh, the release of the new set, if I'm not mistaken, because cons of Tarkir, which is the Fetchland set, and um, and uh, the set the next set after that, which is uh, uh, no, 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 the next set. No, I'm sorry. Like so, like oh, cons of Tarkir and, then, uh, and, and I, Forged. Yes, I believe those are the two that are rotating yeah. out in the spring. But wait, uh, Dragons is still going to be in. Standard? Correct. Yeah, this is like the this is going to be the one time where. Because they're going over to a two-set block now, uh, so like they'll the... rotate out. They'll rotate out as a block, but right now, because it's a three-set block, um, it'll be uh, cons and, and uh, fate reforged going out in the spring, and then in the fall, when the next set gets released, it will be um, uh, fate, uh, fate reforged and origins going out. Well, my whole point, my whole point was a price drop. Like normally, when a set right. rotates out, cards yep. start getting sold and buy listed, and prices I... drop. So I'm waiting to see prices come down on you know polluted deltas flooded strands i think now's the time because i think a really? lot of people have that exact same thought and a lot of people are buying them up for modern and legacy so mm-hmm. you're not because we saw the same exact thing with like liliana and snapcaster mage people waited for them to rotate out of standard for them to pick them up but they never dropped they dropped a couple of dollars a month or two ahead of time when people were cycling out but it didn't drop very much mm-hmm uh, it's just people have kind of gotten wise to the cycle. You know, every financial podcast and every financial article out there talks about the, you know, pick up your cards for cheap as they rotate. Don't be one of those idiots who just, you know, sells their entire collection and then buys it back for three times the value uh, when you need it for modern. So people have kind of gotten wise to the cycle, and we don't really see it as pronounced as we used to see it. When you're, yeah. when you're speaking about the modern and legacy playable cards, I mean, yeah. all the other stuff, that's going to drop. But anything that's as playable as Fetchlands, that's not really going to drop that much. So mm-hmm. since the set, since Cons released, uh, Polluted Deltas hit their peak actually in November of this year, where they were at like twenty six and a half, twenty seven dollars. Mm-hmm. And since then, they've come down to about twenty one and a, and a half bucks. Um, really? Yeah, and I mean, obviously they were much higher than that before Cons came out. Mm-hmm. Um, but even when Cons came out, they were around twenty. 21 and um they dropped off pretty significantly they were like around march actually when i started picking up all my my stuff i was getting them for like 13 14 bucks yeah and then, i just then, i had to sell my collection and, and yeah like, no no august no, well and then when when uh zendikar got released in um in september um because all those uh they had the uh the battle lands in there whatever you want to call them um the, with the you know the fetchable lands, uh, they started going climbing back up again. Um, but they're they're on their way down. I don't know. I, I agree with Jerry. I don't think they're going to go much lower. I don't think we'll see them back at like thirteen, fourteen bucks. But I think if you could pick up polluted deltas for twenty bucks, twenty two bucks, like that's probably a great a great deal right now. Yeah, I don't, I don't see them getting 20, lower than I don't see them getting lower than twenty. Yeah, 
No, I mean, if I could, if I could find them at that, that'd be good. I just like, it, right, like and for that's example, the mid, that's like I, the I mid always price too. You know what I mean? That's the mid price. That's not even the low. That's just the average. Yeah, you I mean, I just, I, I do have a tendency to just look at Star City games, and that's just me. And yeah, I know it's high. Uh, it's just, it's just, it's consistently high, so it's at least a consistent <laughs> yeah, value for me. Um, and they have them at 30 for cons. Oh, that's fucking, Jesus, that's really? insane. Yeah, that's I've insane. noticed the foil prices have been ticking up as well. Um, yeah. Oh my god, yeah, I just realized foil ones are 100. Yeah. And uh, this is just polluted Delta. Yep. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think now's the time, it's probably our last chance, I mean, last chance to get them. Um, yep. Because until Zendikar fetches get reprinted, I don't see them taking another price hit for a while. Yeah. Well, that's a good point. Also, I mean, it's fetch lands. It's a staple. Like, 99.9% of legacy decks run fetch lands, so... Oh, yeah. If you're going to spend your money on anything, you might as well spend it on the real estate. Well, yep. yeah, it's going to be in tin fins anyway. Yeah. Speaking of real estate, I just picked up another UC for uh, for Grixis Delver, so I'll be able to pull the Badlands out, which I know uh, wasn't no one was really hot on. So <laughs> I know. I like how even after you explained why the Badlands was in there, it was a budget consideration. People are like, "Yeah, but I just I really don't like the Badlands." <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, I don't either. I didn't want to spend like forty bucks, fifty bucks on the Badlands, but I did. So, so, so where'd you pick it up? Um, I just grabbed it off TCG Player. So I got a shallow grave. <laughs> uh, I actually thought of you the other day, Adrian, because I was at Gaming Etc. and I looked in the case and shallow graves were like $33. What? Yeah, I was shocked. How much? 33 I think you're talking about Gorio's Vengeance. Oh, I'm talking about Gorio's Vengeance. You're right. Okay. <laughs> like, shallow graves should Same be card, but one's modern playable. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, not really the same card either. I know. I mean, they in that deck they are the same card. No. Sure, they have different text, but they play the same way. They're no. instant speed reanimators for Grizzlebrand and Emmercool. No, Shallowgrave will bring back children. Okay, and a niche corner case when you need to bring back the children, but it's in the deck for the same reason. Okay, we'll go with that. <laughs> They're very similar. You know, actually, one of them plays around uh, Deathrite Shaman, the other one doesn't. Uh, no, they both play around Deathrite Shaman, don't they? No. If I if I Gorio's Vengeance, my Grizzlebrand, and you eat it with a Deathrite Shaman... Gor uh, oh, yeah, Gorio's does target, doesn't it? I thought it was yeah. just a top legendary creature, but it's any legendary creature. It's target legendary creature. Uh, it's also really hard to look it up, because I can't spell Guero for the life of me. <laughs> 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 like I'm just getting every gyro bar in the 10 square mile <laughs> <of> the radius. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so, so, yeah, so they had... For 33. Oh. And I was talking to Nate, and I'm like, you know, they I know they just hit, they were going through this huge deal, and I'm like, of course, the fucking day after Christmas, I go down there. But I actually, what I what I did was I went down there and brought him a bunch of video games. Mm -hmm. So and got store credit. Nice. So it was uh, it was very good. And they take and, movies there too. Yeah, they take movies, and and oh. you know, what, uh, some of the games I had were just, I guess, really beat up. Like, you know, uh, Sierra was like. Uh, these games I can take, these I can't do anything with. I'm going to have to give them back to you. And I'm like, really? I don't have a system that plays them. Can you just take them? <laughs> and and uh, it was really, it was really cute. Oh, man. I have like a, like, I cleaned out my DVD collection because I have like a couple hundred DVDs. Uh, and I have probably like 30 or 40 DVDs that I have, like, I don't have a place for. So I'm just going to bring them up to E on Sunday and get some store credit for them. Are they all homemade for Pat, I, yeah. <laughs> Pat, I, I don't know how to break this to you, but no one wants sweat into the oldies at that age. <laughs> uh, 
Oh, I'm, no, that stays in my collection. I'm not giving that. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can't pry Richard Simmons out of Pat's dead hands. Uh, no, not out of my cold, sweaty, gross hands. Uh, tiny shorts. They're fabulous. Fabulously toned. Goddamn right they are. Actually, then I noticed Ian was talking about something, too, because me and Jerry were talking about it in the last cast. Uh, I still... I, I don't know, man. Acton's a bit of a hike, but... Um, you know, he was... He mentioned that he heard what we were talking about and local streaming, mm-hmm. you know, inspired by Team Tusk. And uh, he's like, oh, we should we should make this happen. And, you know, that'd be cool. And I'm thinking if, if that actually happened, I could probably try to commit to at least once a month. Like, I'd like to do something to, you know, something local like that. Acton's a bit of a hike. But uh, I think that's just, that'd be cool if somebody would, would do something like that. It'd be cool if I could be somehow assisting there but yeah that'd be sweet mm. yeah so i mean that was that was actually really kind of cool i'd be curious to see where that goes next year you know hopefully hopefully gaming center keeps doing legacy fnms i think yeah. they will i mean they stopped doing modern due to lack of interest but legacy is always going strong every time i'm there oh that's, that's crazy that modern they couldn't fire a modern fnm modern sucks <laughs> oh i mean well i don't disagree with you but you know like you would think that a pro tour format would be well attended, but apparently not. Well, think about it, Pat. I mean, like, you've done steroids in the past. Did you ever just want to stop? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> just, to get, just to get my testicles to redescend, that was it. Yeah, you you always, back on the juice. You always want to beef up and get stronger, right? That's true. Modern feels like weak legacy. <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah. legacy light. Yeah. I'm glad I don't play that format. I don't like it. I'm... I've I've thought about I've thought about it a few times where you know there's just a few decks I slide back a few cards back and forth that I can slide out of Merfolk and just play modern if I'm yeah. really if I'm really uh, I don't know sad. <laughs> 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 it's just be like, well, this is my Merfolk deck. What does it do with modern? Oh, Splinter Twin, <laughs> Trickbind, kill you. You know, like I do I do weird stuff with Merfolk and modern. Trickbind seems so good in that format. Every time I play it, every time I play Trickbind, it's like nobody. People either forget that is, people either forget that it's a card in modern, or they just realize that it's that bad. And like I'm, the, I just happen to play it in stupid ways. Like, what what uh, uh, trick binding people who animate a celestial colonnade? You know, trick trick binding somebody on a fetch because they don't realize that you can. <laughs> like just catching people with, um, you know, a storm trigger. <laughs> so like. So like... <laughs> I went to MTG Top 8 just to look at, like, a Grixis list in Modern. He's, yeah. like, 23 lands. Can we just talk about this fucking mess of a, of a mana base? It's, like, one Black Cliff, Cliffs, a Blood Crypt, a Bloodstained Mire, two Creeping Tar Pit, a Drowned Catacomb, two Island, one Mountain, four Delta, four Tarn, two Steam Vents, two Sulphur Falls, Jeez. one Swamp, one Watery Grave. <laughs> like, I just, that you, I look at that and I just fucking close the page. Like, you you, you have to you have to fill out your deck list the night before, because otherwise you won't finish in time before round one starts. <laughs> oh my god. Playing a single copy of Dispel. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, get out of here with that garbage. I, I do need to get a couple of Swan songs, now that you got me <laughs> thinking about it. Now, now, now that we're talking about modern, it reminds me of garbage cards I want for my sideboard. <laughs> Swan Song is pretty sweet. I think that would probably go. Um, who was talking about it earlier? Oh, uh, Sean Calvo. He was uh, he was mentioning earlier. He was talking about a deck that was running uh, Punishing Fire with Dak Faden. Okay. Um, and I feel Swan Song in that would be so nice because the biggest problem with Swan Song is it puts the two-two into play, and the, some decks just can't afford to do that. But mm-hmm. if you just have recurring removal, like Punishing Fire, 
Swan Cut Song just turns into an awesome, awesome uh, counter magic. Yeah, I mean, it's and and again, blue slivers will just eat a two-two swan. Right. It's like you can outrace them. That's just what I'm going to start calling this now. Instead of merfolk, I'm just going <laughs> to call slivers. it blue slivers. Nice. <laughs> uh, well, I ended up playing uh, food chain again this week. I thought you were trying to complete your every deck on the what should it's, I play. It's, it's not January yet. It's not to 2016. <laughs> it wouldn't count. Oh. That's why he hasn't put up the playmat yet. Yeah, oh, no. exactly. Thank <laughs> you, Pat. <laughs> he, he just, you know, we told him to do it in, in June, and he's just waiting till next year to do it. Slow roll, guys. Build the anticipation. <laughs> uh, anyways, so I was playing, I played Food Chain again. Um, it's kind of funny at Gaming Etc. how everyone kind of realizes when the meta has, has kind of gone stale at the same time. And everyone at the same time brings in a deck to metagame against the the room, and now it's just utter chaos because everyone's metagaming a meta against a meta that does not exist anymore. <laughs> uh, because I showed so previously when I was there, the entire room was nothing but like lands, aggro, loam, grindy, control style, like not miracle. Well, there were the occasional miracles, but just like non-blue grindfest decks. What about like that, like the mod catcher? Yeah, like the mod catcher red prison deck, a couple aggro loams. There was like countryside crusher red green aggro loam, uh, the lands decks. Like Delver decks were just like completely hated out of the room. Uh, and then everyone kind of came to the realization, and I'm like, oh, what what's a deck that beats all these types of decks? I'm like, oh, I know food chain. And what does food chain lose to? other combo decks and i showed up uh, on friday and the entire room was combo decks <laughs> was there was there an, at least sh- was there one copy of tin fins in the room uh so there was a uh tin fins deck in the room that i played against was it tin fins or burning reanimator it was tin fins but really he, he wasn't running tendrils of agony he was running sure. children of Coralis, but he, not the tendrils of agony version and I was actually uh, I was uh, talking to him about the deck. I forget his name, but it was his second ever legacy tournament, and he was beautiful. He was saying already how he, he like loved the format, um, and we just kind of talked. So shout out to him. I forget his name, but he was a cool kid. Oh, track but, me down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the one other Tin Fins player in Massachusetts. <laughs> uh, there's a couple. There's a couple. But uh, but yeah. So my matchups for the day were round one Char Belcher. Uh, which I lost. Uh, round two, Tin Fins, which I won. Uh, round three, Dredge, which I lost. Or no, I'm sorry, I lost to Tin Fins, I'm lying. I lost to Tin Fins. I was wondering how you beat Tin Fins. Uh, Yeah, no, I think I just, I replaced it in my mind because the memory was too painful. (laughs) So, so, (laughs) (laughs) so, was it Jim on Dredge? Uh, no, Jim was not there that week. Uh, it was some other guy that I do not know. He was on Dredge. And he, I actually beat him by decking him. First time I've ever beaten Dredge by decking them. And what, with Food Chain? Yeah. How'd you deck him? Food Chain runs for Deathrite Shaman. Uh-huh. So I got, I go turn one Deathrite Shaman, turn two Deathrite Shaman. And okay. I proceed to just eat all of his Icarids. Okay. And if the deck doesn't have Icarid, it doesn't really have a lot of other ways of getting creatures into the graveyard from play to trigger a bridge from the below. Do you mean Kogari Grave Troll? Like, Icarid doesn't... Oh, you're saying when it dies, it gets... Tokens. Right. Icarid's okay. kind of like the engine once you already have a mill count going. 
But if you can get rid of the Icarids against Dredge, they can mill all they want. They're not going to do anything with it. Yeah, it's just a little different. I mean, not all Dredge decks play Icarid. Right. Now, this is strictly the Icarid Dredge. I mean, I, okay. I feel it's it's he- more heavily in Icarid's favor. At least I see it more often. But it, it, there is definitely a distinction between Icarid Dredge and non-Icarid Dredge. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I just removed the Icarids, and he just didn't have a way to get to Critical Mast, and he just ended up decking himself. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's only attacking you with Putrid Imp if, uh, yep. if that's his case. Yeah, Putrid Imp, and I just, you know, made sure I, you keep the Force Wills up to counter the uh, the Dread Return. Yeah, okay, yep. Uh, and then my last match of the night, I think I was playing against, like, one of the only Bug, uh, like, Bug Delver decks in the room that I ended up beating. Okay. Uh, but... Was it Pat? <laughs> I mean, I saw Pat's face on my opponent's face whenever I oh, okay. saw the, you know, the red, the red rage. <laughs> I liked your little, uh, your Christmas jingle you put up, you put up, Pat. <laughs> Would you like to read it for us? <laughs> um, I can't, well, I can't remember it. I will, I will sing it in a minute when I find it. Oh, sing it. Well, <laughs> I mean, obviously. It's much should, should I bust out the guitar? <laughs> Lisa's telling me something earlier she saw about, uh, Whose idea was it to make a children's rhyme that goes rub-a-dub-dub, three men in a tub? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, progressive rhyme, man. Progressive rhyme. <laughs> they, maybe they're talking about, like, uh, you know, Roman baths. It was like a pool. It's, it's still a little bit weird. <laughs> it's still a little weird. So, uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I, I told you guys I was looking over this... Uh, on MTG Top 8, they had the uh, MKM Series in Madrid. It was a 271-player legacy event, which had a pretty interesting uh, Top 8 um, with uh, Bug coming in first and three copies of Storm in the Top 8 in second, third, and fourth, which I thought was pretty interesting. I know the European scene tends to be a little bit more uh, heavy on the combo um, side of things. Uh, and then they had Bug in fifth, Grixis Delver, Show and Tell, and Blue White Miracles running on the Top 8. Yeah, I mean, even for Europe, three storm—that's that's pretty hefty. Yeah, is that deck just becoming? Is that just deck just getting better? Like, uh, I think it's just the hate is going away. Okay. Uh, like it slowly, slowly but surely, uh, you know, we're seeing less Chalice of the Voids out there. Um, you know, people are moving a little bit in the non-blue direction, and it's just kind of some of those fifty-fifty matchups are turning into you know forty, fifty-one, forty-nine matchups, and mm-hmm. it's just, you know continuing in that direction hmm. uh, but i mean storm's always been a really powerful it'll, it'll always it's it's just kind of one of those fringy decks that are really difficult to play so the people who play it are going to play it no matter what yep. um but there's only going to be certain times where it's to win so here's i mean very first thing i noticed about that was uh there's a deck called show and tell which always troubles me because show and tell is a card <laughs> Yeah, I, I hate the name of a deck show and tell because they could literally be five different decks. Yeah, I mean, is, it, is it Omni Show? I had to look through the deck list to see if I could find Sneak Attack. Okay, it's Sneak and Show. All right. Yeah. Um, well, it's, it's, you know, it's whether it's Reanimator, but what's interesting? Well, it's Sneak and Show, but it's running three Omniscience in the deck as well as two Cunning Wish. And it, that sounds familiar, Jerry. I kind of mentioned that a while ago. I know. Ago. It, I, I was. 
I was wondering who mentioned this to me. So yeah, thanks, Pat, for uh, you know telling me about this deck. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean you got to listen to Pat more often because when Pat's saying you show until an omniscience, drop Grizzlebrand, draw seven into Amrakul, you just do it. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. <laughs> when I'm right, I'm right, Jerry. It's Jesus true. Christ. It's true. I mean, well, I was thinking like people were adding like one omniscience, but and now I'm like, oh, that doesn't really seem that great. But this guy's just going full on like merger three omniscience two cunning wish well the, the the only challenge is when i actually cast remove soul when you cast grizzlebrand off omniscience and i cast remove soul i gotcha <laughs> you got me, man. You fucking got me i gotcha <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> maybe i'll have a hive mind out <laughs> in, in looking at those lists though and especially in noticing the top i was just reflecting back since it's I haven't seen an Omni Show list appear anywhere since the banning of Dig Through Time. Yeah. Well, it has not been in the top eight. Well, and the deck was good before Dig Through Time. I think everybody just stopped playing it. It's. It was just not. Uh, it's hard to describe. It wasn't fun. <laughs> no one. Well, no, I know. Release the Ants was never fun. I didn't like casting that. That's why I stopped playing it. Right, and it was just like, Dig Through Time came out, and it was just like, oh, this deck is so good, there's no reason not to play it. And so a lot of people jumped on the bandwagon then. Whereas, I mean, Omni Show had always kind of been a deck beforehand. It was just a little bit less consistent than Sneak Attack, so that's why people favored Sneak Attack, and if you had the show and tells, that was the direction most people were. I think it depends. I don't know, my favorite build of the deck so far is still the red-blue version with Burning Wish. I still think that was, like, that was my favorite. It's just, it was weak to Rishadon port. But it it was, uh, it didn't have to play Dream Halls. The Dream Halls versions I didn't really like so much. Dig Through Time just always seemed like that deck made sense for it. Um, but it's just weird to not see it since the banning. Yeah, well, also, early uh, shout-out to Chris Cheehy because he just came in second in a 71-person uh, Legacy Tournament with Omni Show. Did you really just scoop into top eight? No, I was just saying early. <laughs> oh, okay. Early. <laughs> Judge, calm your, calm your horses. I, I think we're at turns. No, people keep people keep people, aka John Kerman, keep giving me shit for forgetting things. So now I'm gonna say them as they come to mind. <laughs> Great, Jerry with no filter. Awesome. No filter. <laughs> So let's talk about Roe versus Wade for a minute here. Oh, jeez. <laughs> that abort, was an actual abort, comment. Abort. That was an actual comment around my Thanksgiving table from an uncle. Oh, God. This is the same uncle who thinks that, uh... The Earth the is flat? Left. Yep, that yes. is the same uncle. Oh, good God. So so the guy who thinks the Earth is flat is going to talk about women's rights? That's great. Yep. Oh, even better, at Christmas this year, he had a, he had a prime uh, comment. Uh, he said, the Grinch is a communist. He'd take away your Second Amendment rights if he could. Oh, God. I'm just like, that is is hilariously and groan-worthy awesome on so many layers. (laughs) Uh, Oh, man. uh, Can I? I, I, All right, can we discuss something for a second? (laughs) Is it Roe versus Wade? Because I don't want to discuss Roe versus Wade right now. (laughs) No. Have you seen this Storehaven Outfitter? Uh, No. Post it up. Look at, uh, sure, why the hell not? Oh yeah, I have seen this. Oh Jesus! <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I just, okay, I I saw this guy earlier today, and I wanted to ask you about necessary? it. Yeah, so like I saw it in a vacuum, and I'm like, okay, that. So before we go any further, it's one colorless, one white for a two-two. Equipped. Uh, it's one control. generic, one generic, one white. Uh, sorry, sorry. 
one titanium, one titanium, and one not white. To, not to be confused with one waste, one white. Ah, you're right. right. Actually, I was just confusing it. It isn't titanium at all. Scratch that. <laughs> okay, one generic, one white for a 2-2. Two, two. Uh, equipped creatures you control get plus one, plus one. Whenever equipped creature you control dies, draw a card. So where am I going with that, Jerry? So when I just saw this earlier today in a vacuum, I'm like, oh, that's kind of interesting, but not really that cool. And now I see it on Mythic Spoiler when they pair it with cards that interact with it, and I see it next to Skull Clamp. I'm well, thinking, that's banned in Legacy. It's banned in Legacy. I don't care, but I mean, that's just like stupid for Cube and EDH and just like any casual format. Okay, I'm thinking Thopter Sword. Yeah, Thopter Sword is also really good. Uh, you know what, what Thopter like... Sword is, Pat? Uh, no. All right, so. so Thopter Foundry is like, a, it's like a, what, a black and a white, it's, a black or white hybrid, yeah, or and one blue. blue, and it's an artifact uh, with an activated ability, uh, like one colorless, sacrifice an artifact, What is it sacrifice an artifact, gain one life, a sacrifice an artifact, draw a card, it's some crazy, silly thing that basically you sacrifice an artifact to make a 1-1 Thopter, that's okay. Isn't that what it is? Yeah, it's, that's what it it's is. It's one colorless, sack an artifact, make a 1-1 one, one flying thopter artifact creature, gain one life. And then you have um, Sword of the Meek, which is, if it's in your graveyard, if, if a 1-1 one, one creature would enter the battlefield and your controller returns to the battlefield, equipped to the creature. Okay. So then you just sacrifice the Sword of the Meek to the thopter foundry and keep gaining life and making 1-1s. One, hmm. I've seen this combo hold off in Emrakul because the person had seven lands and then thopter foundry combo and he would make seven tokens gain seven life he would sack six of the tokens to emrakul's trigger and then block the emrakul with the seventh token <laughs> so this just allows you to draw a card every time you do it right yep so that's pretty nice it is kind of exposed but th- i mean that kind of ah, i'm really torn on the fence here because on one hand, you're taking a two-card combo and making it into a three-card combo. With such a benefit, though. It is such a benefit. And also, I mean, the two-card combo still works, even if you don't yeah. have this guy. Um, it's just like, typically in Thopter Foundry decks, though, Thopter Foundry is really the only creature that they run other than maybe like some Snapcaster Mages. So I feel this guy is just going to eat every removal. Okay, uh, makes sense. Has. Sure. But, I mean, if he sticks around, it's just that you win on the spot. You should. I mean, like, I can't think of I can't think of how else you could. I mean, that's just the most abusive thing I can think of that I, I, ability. I'm, I'm gonna say something greedy. I wish he was green, so you could just run a one of and green something for him. <laughs> I just think. I mean, if it's a deck that's playing Sword of the Meek that you can fetch up with a Stoneforge Mystic, this guy's doing things with equipped. You know, you're into like Esper because you're playing Thopter Foundry. Mm-hmm. I just wonder if there's a way that you can actually flow that together to just be brutal. Like, I mean, one of the things I always liked the idea of was Sword of the Meek, Thopter Foundry, and Gaia's Cradle. Right. If yeah, you can start always. making... Oh, yeah, if you can start making one land get you full activations. But, I don't know. I'm, I just I just noticed it to drop and uh, was impressed, so I figured I'd share it. Yeah, hmm. I think there's some potential. I don't, I don't think he's a four of by any means, but he could definitely be a fun addition to decks like that. Hmm. Now, is there any other... Uh, anything else besides Stop the Foundry? I'm just, I'm trying to read this thing, because I have no idea what the heck it is. Comparative Analysis, three colorless, one blue. Surge, two colorless, one blue. You may cast this spell for its surge cost. If you do, what the hell is that? Teammate? 
has cast another spell this turn. Oh, if you are a teammate. Oh, right. oh, that's whacked. All right. It's because uh, this, set is, uh, this set is designed to be two-headed giant uh, playable. Right. Oh, uh, right. yeah. Well, yeah, the, uh, the pre-release game. should be two-headed giant games. Uh, eh. Meh. Meh. Well, Meh. The other one we talked about, <clears throat> the other one we talked about a little bit was uh, Jorian Ruin Diver. Yeah, I was just gonna mention that 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 caused quite the controversy on the Facebook group. Right? Yeah, no, so I just thought it was saying Adrian knew something because. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's a uh, one generic, one blue, and a and a red legendary creature, Merfolk Wizard. And the legendary, I think, is a uh, probably a pretty big downside to this creature, but mm-hmm. we'll go over it anyway. Um, whenever you cast a your second spell. Each turn, draw a card, and it's a 2-3. So when I first read this card, I, I, I kind of glanced over the, the legendary part and just saw Merfolk Wizard. So I thought, all right, that's cool. It's good for Merfolk, maybe. Um, and then I saw the cast your second spell each turn, draw a card. And I thought that was for each spell after your first draw a card, but yeah, it's not. I, think, you can I, only... I had that same exact thought. I think a lot of yeah. people didn't realize that at first. Yeah, I definitely skipped right over that, and I thought it was kind of neat. I was like, "Oh man, this might have a place in Blue Red Delver," because there are turns where you're, I'm, you know, casting three or four spells in the turn. Like if I lead off with a Jorian and I have, you know, like a one mana spell, like a Brainstorm or a Ponder and a Probe, like that's pretty, that's pretty great. But you're only gonna get one draw off it, so it's it's definitely value, but I don't think it's good enough for Legacy. Yeah, this is a fucked up way of thinking about playing it now, as if you were doing something with an Isochron Scepter. Yeah, that would be pretty sweet, but <laughs> I I think I think it <clears throat> I don't think it's groundbreak or not groundbreak, but it's not gonna warp the meta or anything like that. I just I wouldn't be surprised to see people experimenting. The um the fact that you can only draw one card a turn off of it does have some significant downside. Um, but I can definitely see it in kind of a, like the deck fade and punishing fire deck. Uh, Sean pointed that out as well. Um, yeah, as long as it's a spell you keep getting back, if you can keep recurring a spell, whether it's Punishing Fire or Isochron Scepter mm-hmm. or, yeah, I don't, I don't know what else, but, yeah. I, I feel if he was a little bit beefier, because if he was also a threat, like, if he was a 3-1 instead of a 2-3, uh, then, then we'd be talking, because he can also uh, provide some beatdown while he's also just gaining you. The thing that's so appealing about him is that he's free value. You don't you don't have to do anything really extra to draw extra cards off of them. There's no mana commitment. Um, there's no you know playing around anything. It's just like, hey, are you well, playing two spells a turn? You're drawing cards too. Except yeah. that you have to protect them. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is if he was also just a three one beater, you wouldn't really have to worry about protecting him because then he's also just a threat. Yeah. Oh, okay, you're saying he's not a threat as a two three? Yeah, just not really. I think if this guy was like blue red for a three one, I think he'd be great. Yeah, I mean, that, but I think I think awesome. a three mana I think a three mana two three is just I think you're asking a little bit too much. Like, like I was like, oh, this is great for Blue Red Delver, and then the more I thought about it, like I don't even really like running True Name Nemesis and Blue Red Delver, and that's a you know one blue blue. So I yeah. don't think this has a place in that deck. I mean, maybe it, like maybe Merfolk would splash red. What do you think, Adrian? Is that something that you'd be interested in doing? No, no, yeah. <laughs> so no, you know what the the power of Merfolk is that it, you're not really weak to Wasteland. Yeah. Right. Right. You know, I mean, like, you can Wasteland my Muta Vault. That's great. I'm playing Blue Slivers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that, make, that makes... I mean, I just... I ask you because you obviously have, a, you know, any, you know, experience... I was looking at it like, all right, well, like... It, so I was looking at it, I'm like, okay, Merfolk Wizard, that's kind of cute. I could make it... It's a, it, it would sit with a bunch of other, like, lords that would have to do great things to it. But whenever you cast your spec, second spell each turn, Merfolk doesn't really cast spells. 
Right. Like right. it, it will daze. Because you're just, you're well, just, you're just. Well, but I'm not going to do yeah. anything. You're, Once, like, you're going to file in your merfolk, right? So. Well, the, the thing with merfolk is, my power is to actually drop a standstill, and do nothing but just violin creatures and meter vaults, and, and not cast anything. It's only when you do something and break my standstill that I just may cast something. You know, like yeah. it's it's um. To cast the second thing isn't likely because whatever I just drew into is what I'm countering. You know, it's it's not a it's, Merfolk isn't a casting spells deck. It's not because it's not combo based. It's just straight aggro. It's just a right. cute. Little, it is a cute aggro deck that hides behind a standstill. I'm really, and I am. I've been. I'm, the last time I was playing it, I really did like that monastery siege. So I'm, I'm looking to see how it um, hangs in light of changes in the meta because you know the the. The games have shifted. Some of the decks have shifted around from when I was playing Merfolk last. But the nice thing about Merfolk is it's like a tried and true deck. You know, it's it's not it's not something that's like a recent development. This is phenomenal because usually that's like gone in six months. Mm-hmm. You know, like six months is generous. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, so what? Blue Red Delver was was really good, but like as soon as they banned Dig Through Time. It stopped, you know, and then Omni Show was like really powerful, but they banned. Uh, what well, at first they banned Treasure Cruise and, and Blue Red Delver kind of went by the wayside, and then they banned yep. through time, and now Omni Show has kind of gone by the wayside. And Merfolk has never done that, you know. Sometimes it just starts chewing on Delver decks and Island Walking people, and it's weak to Elves. But there's just certain matchups are good, certain matchups are bad. It's just the way it goes. Yeah. But there's uh. No reason to uh, to mess with success and uh, kind of splash a third color for really that much benefit. Yeah, I mean, it, like this might actually be cute for the decks that are playing cavernous souls. Mm-hmm. You know, if they if they, but they're playing cavernous, um, they're playing chalice of the void, so they're really not casting anything either. They're not mm-hmm. they're not built to like instant answer. The only ones that are going to do instant answers usually things that are playing multiple counter spells. Yeah, I, I think uh, modern merfolk is more excited about this card just because of all those same reasons. You know, modern merfolk. Sure does cavernous souls because you know they don't really have another option of wasteland uh so they can cast it and they also aren't running standstill so they are casting spells uh you know more than the legacy version is i was actually i mean when i was doing modern merfolk and it wasn't like competitive i mean it it was in a sense of like i was doing modern merfolk but i was doing it weird i was playing pact negation with trickbind because it worked like force of will and any other blue card to me you know, like <laughs> you're uh, trick binding your own pact of negation. Well, no, I would pact the, the negation to counter your spell, and during my upkeep, trick bind the trigger. Right, exactly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cute. <laughs> well, like it's it's it was effective, and yeah. like sometimes sometimes I'm I violated in enough creatures. I'll just pay five and trick bind your freaking splinter twin. Yeah, <laughs> it's it, well, like it's just really it was really cute. There was a lot of times where it, it was just how I was playing it, but I would also play what is it, Ghost Quarter. I'd play Ghost Quarter. The more times I saw a Tron deck, the better I felt about playing Ghost Quarter. Yeah. <laughs> but that's um, you know, it's just I, I wasn't doing, you know, and I'm sure uh, Cavern or Souls Chalice of the Void in Modern is a stronger version of Merfolk. It's just not a portable version to Legacy for me. Yeah. I mean, but, it, uh, it it is a portable version of Legacy, just not yeah. my style. But uh, to kind of going back back to the card, I I, I, I don't think it's going to see widespread play at all. But I also would not be surprised if I saw one cast, even if it's just someone kind of trying something out. Have to be instant speed. It would need to be some. Well, just because you know, 
the way you're going to take advantage of it, I think, you got to cast a second spell each turn, so I'm going to want to do it on my turn and yours. So if I'm doing things on your turn, it's got to be instant speed. Right. So, I mean, obvious for just your turn is you cast it and then get Taxian Probe. You instantly get to draw, you know, two... Oh, yeah, that's pretty good, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I see your point. You know, you're going to want a lot of instants. Um, I'm trying so, to think if there's, a, if there's something I'd want to do to even stick it under a Chrome Mox. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, honestly think the Punishing Fire variant is probably one of your best bets uh, to... So that's going to need Grove of the Burn Willows too, right? Mm-hmm. So then you're at red, blue, green? Yeah, Rug. I mean, I mean, you could run Grove of the Burn Willows as just a red source, but that feels less than optimal. Hmm. What else could you use green for to get a second spell each turn? Seed time? <laughs> oh, man, we're going deep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Oh, man. Can't trips oh. on can't trips on can't trips. What the hell? Now, now I'm actually worried. Now that I'm playing Merfolk, what seed time counters? I don't even remember. Is it any blue spell? Well, seed time doesn't counter anything. It's oh, just... no, it's just if your opponent played a blue spell this turn. Yeah, if your opponent played a blue spell this turn, time walk. All right. And draw a card. <laughs> okay. Hmm. I can't be worried about seed time. Yeah, if you're worried about seed time, you're you're staying up at late, late at night for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> yep. Uh, so anyway I guess they spoiled uh, a couple more cards like what what are you looking at um I mean I like nothing, this uh, I know Kate is all up on spatial contortion for mud uh I keep looking at the uh colorless symbol and thinking it's Phyrexian mana and thinking <laughs> oh my god this spell's amazing and then I'm like oh it's not Phyrexian mana it's it's a it's okay <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, spatial spatial contortion. It's uh, one generic, one colorless. Target creature gets plus three, minus three until end of turn. Uh, so I think she was excited about this for mud because it's a way to answer those cheap aggressive threats before you ramp into an Ugin. Um, because that's kind of one of the ways uh, to beat mud is just kind of keep them on the back foot, counter some of their key spells, and just have a delver peck away at their life total and just try and kill them before they can do anything relevant. Uh, because all of Mud's removal is so expensive. Uh, I think, like, probably the cheapest is... Uh, actually, I don't even... Can you guys think of anything cheap? I guess, uh, what... It's like Spine of Ishna, or uh, All is Dust. Yeah, I think All is Dust is the big one for Mud. Yeah, and that, that costs seven. Yeah, Yeah, but that takes... That's a board wipe. It's a board wipe, but I, it's I just... It's not targeted removal. I think this, uh, you know, Kate, Kate seems excited about it, and I can definitely see why, that um, it might be cool uh, having this access to this against, like, Delver decks, where you can just kill that early threat to buy you some more time. Um, because just the minus three kills pretty much everything relevant that you want to kill uh, early on in Legacy. I really like how on the, uh, the Devoid cards, you know, the cards that don't have any color, like you know, uh, affiliation, mm-hmm. how the art just comes right outside, like, the, the like, the typical art box. Yeah. Like, it basically is, like, a portal-less card. That's pretty sweet. I kind of like that, that yeah, effect I on the cards. Yeah, I that. It's really cool. Yeah, they, they, they did that for, um, for, uh, Battle for Zenicar, too, but some of these cards, just, like, that one, Spatial Contortion really pops, because the colors are just really nice in that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But nothing in the set really got me excited for Legacy, except for, uh, except for a mis, uh, misplaced hype behind Jorian, but... Yeah. After a second, after a second look, it was just not not there. It just seems that way that oh, you draw a card for each spell you play after your second, but yeah, sadly, which is like 
Yeah, that'd be sweet, but that would be sweet his. because then that he could be an engine in a, in and of himself. It's like yeah. you don't need to worry about untapping with him if you just win the game that turn. Yep, yep. So yeah. what the fuck? Uh-huh. <laughs> See, this is the thing though. I start looking at spoilers and I start getting all goofy trying to think of things I could do with <laughs> with weird. Like I'm looking at this. This is Crusher Tentacles. Have you seen that? Oh yeah, I start I start trying to look at the hoops I could jump through to make that happen. <laughs> oh, I'm like, oh, I could put it in like an Omni Show deck, and then Cataxian uh, probe, and then cast a surge cost and wipe a point and make an eight eight. Like, yeah. what am I doing with my time? I think that's what I'm most excited about this set so far is surge. Surge is a uh, keyword that I that I'm excited about that I haven't been in for a long time. I'm really? just trying to see if there's anything I do with any of the Surge cards. So far, there was the Crusher Tentacles and the other the other one that was like, draw two cards. I'm like, mm. Yeah, and that's the thing. is like, we haven't really seen very many Surge cards yet. Um, yeah. So there hasn't been anything that's too ground-shaking, but Surge is just one of those mechanics where you're like, oh, man, something may slip through Wizards R&D, and they just are not aware of its interaction, and it's going to be utterly busted in Legacy. Well, this is hmm. this Reckless Bushwhacker. I don't even know what that does because I keep looking at that Stonehaver outfitter. Somehow, <laughs> I'm wondering if that thing is really going to get Thopter Foundry banned. <laughs> I, I don't He's too vulnerable. If he had, like, Hexproof, then yeah, I could see Thopter Foundry getting banned because of him. Wasn't there an equipment that gave a creature Hexproof? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a couple. There's, uh, what is it? Lightning Greaves. Oh, yeah, yeah. Swift Foot Boots. Oh, jeez. Oh, there's a Stoneforge Mystic deck in the making. This gotta be. <laughs> yeah, but that's like a, like a two-card, you know, a two-three-card combo, right? Like. Well, that's just an equipment deck. I mean, yeah. you, did you... I, I'm actually... Whenever an equipped creature dies... Oh, what? Man, I don't know. <laughs> I, I got... I got... I got, like... I, brutally handled uh, in in this weird way by a equipment deck in Modern. It was a Storm deck. I don't know if I even told you about that. It was like Cheerios. It was the weirdest thing. I talked. I told you about that before, right, Jerry? Uh, probably. <laughs> okay. Well, so Pat, sound familiar? No. Uh, if, not, if not, I'm going to tell Pat about it. Yeah, let's hear about it. I'm interested. All right. In Legacy, there's a deck called Cheerios. Have mm-hmm. you ever heard of it? Uh, I, I think, think we talked think, about it. We talked about yeah, Glimpse of Nature. Briefly, yeah. yeah, so you cast Glimpse of Nature, then you cast, like, Ornithopter, Cobalts, a whole bunch of stuff, do some silly nonsense. In Modern, this kid got me good with it. He cast me some. He cast something called, like, he either dropped, I don't know, an equipment, uh, artifact, land, whatever the heck it was. I don't know. He had a couple of, and a Mox Opal. No, he had a land, anyway. And then, like, a Mox Opal, an Ornithopter, and something else, and then tapped the opal and the land and cast a pure steel paladin mm-hmm. there was there were two creatures in the deck pure steel paladin and riddlesmith and one of them was like equipments have a zero equip cost and the other one was whenever you cast an equipment draw card so like his second turn was just full of zero casting cost equipments that allowed him to draw a card drop them all down equip the creature for zero attacked me for five and then use like a couple of mox opals and cast a grape shot for the other 15 <laughs> it was it was the most whacked out thing and so he killed me like turn two and I was just trying to see if I could mull into a chalice at zero because I had nothing else that would actually do it and uh, he I was playing Tinfins and it turned out he was a faster combo deck than Modern Gorio's Vengeance wow <laughs> it was just, and I'm like what well, you know what do you do if I actually I'm like what is that deck weak to he's like chalice chalice at zero 
I'm like, oh, really? Anything else? He's like, well, creature removal. Because he's only got two creatures. <laughs> it, it was the most whacked out thing. It, it was crazy. Yep, so modern Cheerios does exist. Mm. So I don't know if this thing would end up sitting in there either, but you don't really want the equipped creature to die. I don't know. That, Storm, that Storm ha- Stonehaven outfitter. Man, that's just got me really curious. Oh. Mm. Can we talk about how the other mechanics in this set are absolute crap? Like, wizard just phoned them in? Yeah. yeah <laughs> like, support? Garbage. What is support? That's, that is, that's so That garbage. is not a keyword. No. <laughs> I, think, I think, again, that's probably for Two-Headed Giant, you know? Yeah, yeah, but, like, that's not a keyword. That's just something that they've just done, and yeah. now it's just all of a sudden a keyword for no reason. Because they put the reminder text there, and it's the same as the text that it would have if it didn't have a keyword. Right. So, right. for example, shoulder to shoulder, two colorless and a white, support two. Too put generic. A, put a plus, sorry, two. Uh, too <laughs> generic. It's not even too generic. Oh, no, it's too colorless. It's too generic. It's too non too non. You're too generic. <laughs> Do non-titanium support to put a plus one plus one counter on each of up to two target creatures. Draw yeah, a card. That sucks. That is not a that is not a mechanic. Yeah, that is, <laughs> that is not a card cool. that just should say two colors and a white. Put a plus one plus one counter on two target creatures. Draw a card. Yep. There's no need to make that a keyword. You see, you see the other one, uh, Munda's Vanguard. It's four uh, generic and a white. Yeah. For, and it, it, the keyword is cohort. Tap it to tap an untapped ally you control. Put a plus one plus one counter on each creature you control. Right. It's fucking awful. That's the cohort. Just, uh, it's awful. It's uh, awful. Yeah. So thank God they have surge because otherwise these mechanics were god awful. Yeah. Yeah. yeah those I, are... th- I think they're jumping a shark here. Yeah. He's like, hey, kids, kids like counters. Let's add more counters, guys. That's really what, that's really what it is. That's really what it is. More like, counters. You guys, you guys have enough dice? No? Yeah. Well, you're going to need more. <laughs> Wizards just started their own dice company. That's Yeah, that's what, yeah exactly. exactly. Um, I did have a question for you guys, though, if we have a minute to talk a little bit about um, Grixis. I'll see if I can um, pencil it in. So, Black and so, red. <laughs> so I, I just I just, I just grabbed I grabbed two Abrupt Decay because it's a card I don't yeah, have. Yeah, they don't, they don't go in Grixis. You don't think so? Not on the no, sideboard? No, it's got green. Yeah, so? So Grixis is blue, black, and red. The first well, thing I said when you wanted to talk about Grixis is... Uh, right. Well, all right, so technically it's four-color Delver. It's... <laughs> I, am running, I am running a single trop, and, uh, and I'm running, uh, you know, four, um, uh, four death rites. So you're just really hoping to abrupt decay this blood moon that has you absolutely hose-fucked? Well, no, I, I'm actually considering it more against, um, more against miracles as a way to get rid of counterbalance. Yeah, I mean, if Miracle, uh, I would uh, say it belongs in your sideboard if you expect to see a whole bunch of miracles. Are you really? Are you like really a whole worried? bunch? Are you really worried about miracles, Pat? Well, I mean, that, that's one of the decks I have a uh, harder time with. I mean, I guess like actually, the, the last time I went to TE, I don't think I got the chance to talk to you guys about it, but I got some really, really good advice on just some sideboarding to, um, stuff for for Grixis, well, for four color. Yeah. Um, I got really, really great sideboard tech uh, against Miracles, um, and I had it against uh, Storm as well. And actually, like, that's uh, so one of the things I gotta say is a quick shout out to the guys at TE. Like every time I sit, I sit down to play there. Like I'm always impressed by 99 percent of the people that come through there are just like super friendly and like happy and like excited to talk about Legacy with you. Like you know, a guy like me, like still fairly new to the format, I have a lot of questions. And sideboarding in Legacy is is tough. Like it's way harder than it is in in standard. 
Okay. Um, so, you know, just it was, it's awesome to be able to talk to those guys about sideboard tech. But uh-huh. anyway, um, I just I thought Abrupt Decay was something that, like, fit really well into the sideboard there. And I think I would like it over because I'm running four Cabal Therapies on the board. And I think I would, might want to cut a Cabal Therapy and maybe um, uh, maybe my Sulfuric Vortex for the two copies of Abrupt Decay. But I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure if that was worthwhile. I might tinker around with it a little bit. But yeah. what's, your, what's your challenge with Miracles? Um, the, well, once they get the countertop lock, obviously there's nothing I can do about it. Um, now, why is that? They, is your casting cost so low or something? Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm all one, two, ones and twos in that deck. Okay. So, once they get, once they get the countertop, um, going, I, I, there's, it's basically game over for me. I mean, I, the thing with Grixis is that, like... And you're doing what? Red, black, and blue natively, right? Right, right. And I, I have a very, very small green splash. Like, I'm running, a, I'm running one Tropical Island, um... Just for the the gain life activation on the Delver on the uh, uh, Death Rite, essentially. Yeah. What's the What's the That's type of artifact removal that you're using? Um, right now, let me pull it up. Hold on. That's what I'm really afraid of. Is I just don't think you're gonna have the green discipline. Yeah. Um, but I I feel Abrupt Decay is kind of a crutch that everyone has been leaning on ever since mm-hmm. Ravnica came out. It is. Anytime anyone even comes close to being able to cast it, they just want to add it to the deck. Right. But, you know, we survived a long time before Abrupt Decay came along. You know, yeah. one thing I think might give you the same uh, answers but be easier for you to cast and be more reliable uh, mm-hmm. would be Engineered Explosives. Okay. Because you can use Engineered Explosives to get out of get around a counterbalance by paying more than you think they have available. Like, so, say you want to yes. get, a, get a two, get the counterbalance at two, but you know they have a two drop floating on top. You cast EE for seven. Yeah, you you can cast blue, 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 black. EE is coming down for seven, but it only has two counters on it. Yep. And then you can blow it, so it can't get counterbalanced, uh, and you can still get it in there to destroy the counterbalance lock. And it's also just, EE is a good card to have access to that I think people have really forgotten about uh, just because some you know more convenient answers have come along. Uh-huh. Interesting. Well, I'll definitely check it out. Um, I don't have any, like... I picked them up just to have them anyway. Yeah, they're good to have. Have. Yeah, if but, you're running green and black, yes, you should probably be running abrupt decay. But I so, don't think you should be adding another color just for abrupt decay. Okay. So here's are you playing stifle, Pat? Yeah, I'm playing four stifle. All right, here's here's a thought, right? Just for whatever it's worth. Sure. You, so you got a line of play you can consider. Mm-hmm. Let's let's say you cast a brainstorm. They tap the top to put it on top to counter the brainstorm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. They, they tap the top. You stifle that top <clears throat> activation. Yeah, but they can still they can still pay one again to put the top back on top. Uh, no, it's tap to put the top on top. Yeah, top top's activated. Paying one is just to rearrange the top. If they don't have a one drop in their top three, they kind of get screwed. Okay. Okay. So, so you you can get around the casting of a one drop mm-hmm. if you're playing stifle, but you have to you have to like it's it's a very niche corner case, but it's something to keep in mind if you're playing stifle in that deck. Yep. All right, but uh, besides the fact that you can stifle a miracles trigger, um, you know if if your challenge and this is this is the thing that this goes back to um, what I was trying to express. Top is not the problem with that deck. People mm-hmm. consume the clock using top because of counterbalance. Right. Like y- your problem is you were saying that you know that once they get the top counterbalance lock, the top counterbalance lock is only a lock because of the way people are using sensei's top. Yep. Which is why I say ban counterbalance. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can get rid of the top, that deck sucks balls. 
Yeah, like if you it, just it, never let top resolve. It is if a you, whole different ball game. If you never let top resolve, or if you just play the two drop null rod, they they yeah. can't they can't sculpt their deck, and you don't have to worry about a counter top lock because it doesn't exist. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if if you can even pything needle, if you can get a pything needle down early enough and say top, your 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 chances with that deck can be so much better anyway. They'll have to brainstorm and use Jace and try to figure out what they can do. But every time they fetch, they're at the whim of whatever the luck of the cards come up as. You know right. what I mean? Right. Yeah. So I I think I think um, instead of focusing on abrupt decay to get rid of the counterbalance, focus on ways of answering top. You know, cast Shatterstorm. Let them put top on top, and then just stifle it. You yep. know what I mean? Like yep. you have you have ways to actually what is it? Smash the smithereens. I don't even know what the casting yep. cost is on that. But there's also it's one like, of the red. What's what's there was another one too. Um, God, there was something I was trying to use for a while. Uh, uh they're shatter. Sh- Old school shatter. Yeah, shatter. <laughs> but shatter. But Jer- Jerry, what's the creature? Ingature. Oh yeah, Ingature. Yeah. That's the one with evoke. Yeah, that's like a. I mean, that's a vintage thing, but. And, and I'm not a vintage master. That's just something that I was using for a while because it'll actually chew up an artifact. The thing is, is when you try to answer the top, plan for them to put it on top, mm-hmm. stifle it. You know, I mean, it's going to cost you two cards, but you're going to get their lock off the table. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? Or, I mean, there's if you can find other ways, um, you know, you're playing, how many creatures are in your deck? Is your, is your, is your deck designed to, like, aggro just attack? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, oh, running, four, yeah, it's running four Delver... Four Deathrite, four Young Pyromancer, and two Gurp. So, like, against are Miracle, playing, basically what I'm trying to do you, is, like... Are you, are you playing Stifle? Yeah, yeah. Four Stifle, okay, four Wasteland. Okay, good. Phyrexian Revoker and Stifle the Terminus. Yeah, I've definitely done the Stifle on Terminus multiple times. Um, yeah. So, like, so the plan against the plan against Miracles, from my understanding, is basically try to land a Young Pyromancer and two, like, two Elementals, and that's a fast enough clock that they have to... They have to um, Terminus the board. Like, they... You know what I mean? Like, four power... You know, is is enough to get them pretty quick. Um, you can't overcommit against miracles. Like you don't want to run Gurmag anglers. Like you want to bring in like your flush. You know, you want to bring in like your your needles, your pyroblasts, your your uh, surgicals out of the board, your clicks out of the board, and get rid of like get rid of your dazes if you're on <clears throat> if you're on the on the draw. Get rid of your um, uh, your bolts because it's not really what you're looking for in that matchup. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I just. Abrupt the cage is just so uh, it's so it's, it's so alluring because it's it cannot be countered if like claws on there is just like <laughs> makes you want to play it you know no, even if but it's a crutch it's a crutch it is oh no it, to- it totally is and it totally is and it's just I think it's an you know an easy an easy fix to the matchup but I agree like and that's why I ask you guys because you know one literally one green source of mana in the deck outside of Deathrite Shaman is not exactly where I want to be going right. um, for and, a and sideboard card. Pl- yeah, I've seen plenty of four-color Delver decks run Abrupt Decay, but they yep. were going on a much heavier green tilt. It's right. going to be really fucked up the time when you're sitting there with a tropical island and a volcanic island holding Abrupt Decay saying, damn it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, That's exactly. the other thing. is like I, The time I actually want Abrupt Decay most is when I'm playing against Blood Moon. Yeah. And it, nothing is more frustrating than having that abrupt decay sit in your hand, just not being able to be cast. Yep. yep. And at least with yep. other decks, like you can, uh, you know, have a deathrite shaman out, and maybe have a basic forest, mm-hmm. or you know, if you're lucky, have two deathrite shaman out. Uh, but you know, your 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 odds of ca- casting abrupt decay just keep going down lower and lower. And if you think about it, you know, if you're running the abrupt decay to deal with the counterbalance, who says you even have a deathrite shaman out to cast it if they're capturing right. everything you're playing? 
Yeah, exactly. You know, they exactly. could have terminus you and have counter lockdown, and there's no way you're getting any uh, grief. Yeah, yeah Chess, I think I think Jerry's got a great point with the engineered explosives. You know, yeah, like if if you're not worrying about color, if you can just ramp up to seven, they're not gonna they're not gonna counterbalance anything. They're actually gonna need a force of will. So you just be ready to counterfight to resolve I mean, your engineered explosives. You don't even have to go all the way up to seven against miracles. I mean, it's a little risky because they're running Jace, but usually four will do the trick. What about like three? Like, do they run a lot of threes yeah. in that deck? Three the is also uh, monastery mentor, Vendillion click. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That's the reason why I said four, not three, is that depending on the version, it could be a good idea or it could be a bad idea. Yeah, gotcha. the thing the thing is, you're guaranteed at seven. Yes, yeah. <laughs> you are guaranteed at seven. You, you will get around. <laughs> you, like the, the the time you're like, oh well, I can sneak it in at six. Here's terminus. Yep. Yeah. It's yeah. just you. You are guaranteed at seven that it will resolve. Yeah, I'm just curious how many. Uh, yeah. So, so you can cast it for X. Yeah, Sunburst. So, I'm just trying to think of how often I'm going to... I mean, because I only have, like, six sources of mana in this deck unless I play Wasteland to tap it for, for Colorless. I think most um, times no, you're no, going to be no, casting to test it for... for titanium. Yeah, you're going to do it. You're going to do it for three or four most times because yeah. most times when you're doing it, they have the counterbalance lockout. And how many times have you played, like, every land in your deck against Miracles? True, yeah. Yep, because you're just drawing fetch lands and you want to get rid of them. Yep. So, but also, I mean, the reason why I bring that up is because it's an answer to uh, Counterbalance, but it also has play against so many other decks. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, just getting rid of the tokens against an Empty the Warrens. <laughs> Which is, once once they start trying to land Monastery Mentor tokens or whatever. Right. You're yeah. like, and, and the, the, the guy who's still doing it and treat the angels, you know, he can't, re, he's not going to... Mm-hmm. Let his token sit there with a engineered explosives ready. Exactly. Um, but also, it's just like if they wipe your board, that's your answer to wipe their board right back, like against elves or, uh, you know. His and, and, so you and can, the, so you can play E for zero and then just play two to play, sacrifice it and you, to get you rid can, of tokens, right? That's how yeah, it works. exactly. Which is what you want to do against empty the warrens out of a storm deck. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. No, E is really, really good. Yeah, it's, it's really. Early, I've right? actually never really read that that card before, so. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that I mean, typically awesome. it is in the more controlling versions because mm-hmm. it's even better when you can pair it with uh, Academy Ruins. Yep, which is the land that uh, is one colorless, one blue, and tap it, put a artifact card from your graveyard on top of your library. And so. the, the other thing, Pat, too, is if you do ha- actually, how many how many land sources do you run in your deck? There's only I only run 18 lands. I'm running but, uh, eight fetches, a trot. So, if with all lands out, how much mana can you tap for? Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, six. Like, oh, so I have six duels and four wastelands in the deck, and the All rest right, so are. You could actually, you could actually get seven mana. Uh, Adrian yeah, really wants but... you to cast EE for seven. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I want you to be able to. You got I mean, play to your outs, but know what they are. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. If like, do you have seven mana that you can tap? Yeah, I mean, uh, like I get. Well, against, also, against don't forget mass. the uh, death rights too. Well, right. the death rights don't count because if he's been in a countertop lock, he doesn't have death rights. I know, but just saying, he could right. have so, death rights. So what, what, what I'm saying is, like, he's worried about his countertop matchup. So if you're locked out with a countertop, plan to hit EE for seven. EE yep. for seven, you're gonna resolve it. Bolt, bolt, bolt. Yeah. Because you're playing lightning bolts. <laughs> you know, like they're not yeah. doing anything quick. You know, yep. they're, they're holding you back on a countertop lock. And if you can actually keep the monastery mentors, which don't come out till fucking 57 minutes into game one. <laughs> then you're not even worrying about it, you know. But right, if, right. I mean, if you're sitting on a lock, the only thing you can actually do is play your lands. 
Yep. So when, when you're ready, have seven of them, cast it, because you need engineered explosives to resolve. Right. And then just fucking bolt, bolt, snapcaster, bolt, bolt, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Because like, you're also like, playing mud. You're playing Grixis mud. You have access to my Grixis mud. mana. <laughs> well, well, no, what, cast E for seven? I don't give a shit. Pop it next turn. Whatever. Yeah, I, know. I know, I know. I'm just saying. All right. <laughs> well, no, I'm just trying to give the, I'm trying to give him an out. To his problem yeah. that doesn't include no, like makes, yeah. pick up a fourth color. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having a hard time with my one and two drop deck. Maybe I should try, you know, really fighting against everybody with a blood moon. Yeah, no, it's, it's been very interesting too. Like to to be playing the deck and have basically yeah four colors available. Like knowing what to fetch, you know, what to fetch, when to fetch it, when it makes sense to fetch it, and oh um, how it lines, you know, how it lands up. How- yes. Oh, it's it's great. I love it, man. It's it's great to be like, oh, like I have to think about what I need to fetch here. That's a lot of fun to me. I like. I need my volcanic island so I can land my young pyromaster. Shit, counterbalance. I have abrupt decay and no black. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. It's 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 fun to think about. Oh, man, but it doesn't really sound like fun to deal with. Uh, it's, I like it. I actually don't. I don't. I don't hate the miracle matchup. I find it actually to be pretty fun. Um. Uh, okay. For the most part, like if if you have a good, so if you're playing against a, finds a miracles matchup to be well, fun. if you're playing against like a good, a decent miracles player who like knows what sure. they're doing, does it quickly, like isn't dragging the game out, it can be it can be fun. I guess yeah. it really is like depends on the opponent that you're playing against. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, when I played it, the the last time I played a TE, I was playing against a kid on miracles, and he was like, I had it was one of the most fun matches I've had there in a, in a while, just because he was a fun opponent, you know. But, nice, yeah. I've had some good, I've had some good miracles opponents. Yeah. Some guys are pretty cool to play with. Yeah. But, uh, but, yeah, I mean, right now I'm just running the Fork of Ball Therapy. I'm adding a Dark Blast into the sideboard. I have the Needle. I have the Power Blast. Or the, I think I'm running Red Blast over Power Blast right now. Um, I have the Surgicals. Oh, What's that? White-bordered. Oh, yeah, obviously, yeah. <laughs> obviously. Um, uh, the Clicks, the Extractions, the Vortex, the Submerges, so. I, I can, uh, yeah, but I think you're on the right track as far as cuts for the sideboard. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can definitely see you losing a Cabal Therapy. Yeah. Because uh, four is a little much for the sideboard. Yeah, yeah, it's a little, a little, yeah. I mean, that's that's going pretty heavy on Cabal Therapy. I don't think I want four, but yeah, um, I I agree. Like, it's tough to split to be to just. I mean, really, the only reason why I'm playing any source of green anyway is just for the activation on Deathrite Shaman to gain two life, which is like good, I guess, in the burn matchup. Um, good in in any you know if I'm playing against anything that's super aggressive, it's fine against that. But um, yeah. Yeah. It's it's a good deck. I enjoy, I enjoy playing it so far. So uh, we still need to play Pat. And talk we do. You, we did do. you ever sing your song, by the way? No. Oh no, I did. I actually looked it up and then I I forgot and I closed the window. So. Good. Can't wait to play you so you can put all this uh, trash talk to rest. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. I know. So, I, I I feel much better when I beat you. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so are you guys now? This is supposed to be ex- some snow coming in. You guys ready for this? It looked like there's a storm coming up from Atlanta. Oh really? Wow. Yeah, I heard there we're supposed to get some snow tomorrow. I don't know how much it's yeah. supposed to be though. I so, got a jeep, man. I got a jeep. It doesn't mean it doesn't mean shit. Oh, good. You can give me a ride to work. Yeah, you got it, man. I got a ten minute ride to work now. I'm not too worried about it. That's pretty. Uh, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just wondering if Jerry's neighbor's going to be firing up the snowblower soon. <laughs> I don't live at that house anymore. <laughs> I'll be I firing forgot, up. My I forgot about that. <laughs> uh, I, was, I was remembering the picture. It rattled Kyle, windows. Like the every, all the windows were closed. I was on the other side of the room, and his snowblower was like. Brrr. Yeah. <laughs> Says the season. 
Yeah, I think he was probably like, was actually... hiding bodies, like in so... that scene at the end of Fargo, just feeding bodies into the into the snowblower. It's funny, it's like Christmas, and I got some of my friends are out on their Harleys riding their bikes in Massachusetts. I'm like, something's messed up, man. I went to I went to the store the other day, and I'm picking up a snow rake so you could, like, I don't know, so I can shovel the snow off the top of the roof. I'm wearing shorts and shirts and, and like, you know, sneakers or whatever, and I'm out. I'm at the store, and the guy's like, do you know something I don't know? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, once, it's, once it starts dropping, uh, everybody's going to be out of stock on everything, so I might as well start picking things up now. That, that just reminded me, I was down in Florida a little while ago, and it's, like, just south of Orlando, and we're at a gas station, and this pickup truck with a snowplow pulls up, and the guy gets out, <laughs> and <just> like, <laughs> what's going on here? Well, that's, that's how they push the gators around. Down Apparently. <laughs> we're like, does this guy know something? Must <laughs> uh-huh. have some day after tomorrow shit up in here. That's <laughs> some snow... Apparently there was snow in New Mexico, which sounds amazing. Yeah. And well, that's, shut the that's state what happens. Down. That we're in El, like the whole El Nino effect. Uh, it's like the it, traditionally when El Nino hits, the north is warmer and the south is colder. Oh yeah. Exactly. I still th- I'm still expecting Science. it to be put blizzard in June. Yeah, I mean I'm I'm enjoying this no snow. I mean I cross state borders to go to work. <laughs> it was really annoying last year. Massachusetts, the governor declared a state of emergency and closed all the roads but new hampshire did it so my boss is like yeah you got to come in <laughs> seriously <laughs> yeah oh i didn't fucking go in i called out sick i'm like yeah. oh, okay if i have to go in i have the flu all of a sudden <laughs> <laughs> i love the winter man i love the snow fucking bring it on yeah because then you don't have to cold. then you have to make make more ice for all the fish and just throw them outside <laughs> I'm not looking forward it. to it, man. I, it, it looks like I'm actually going to be heating three apartments. I'm really not looking to see the snowdrop. Oh, yeah, that's true. Are you paying for that, or is it coming out? I mean, it obviously comes out of the rent in the end, but, like, no, you, I pay it's for all it. in, you pay for it. Oh, wow. Oh, utilities yeah. are included, Adrian? Man, I mean, yeah, right? <laughs> of course I pay yeah, for it. Yeah, I want to move in with you. <laughs> it all comes out of the rent. There's no rent, man. <laughs> oh, well, I, I thought you were talking about your tenants. Do, your ten- do you pay for your tenants' heat? Uh, no, but once I, uh, have them move, I don't have a tenant. Oh, oh, so you I still st- have to, I, you still have I still to, have uh... to heat the building. Right. Oh, right, yeah. Well, yeah. so the pipes don't freeze. Yeah. Which, I mean, downstairs, it's kind of interesting. I've already gutted all the pipes out, so. <laughs> There's no pipes to freeze! Yeah, yeah, <laughs> fuck it. It's like a little treehouse now. <laughs> um, so, Adrian, have you seen, uh, the new Star Wars movie? Um, not on accident, not on purpose, not at all. Oh. You have I, am, interest- I am. I am. Yep. No. Nope. <laughs> Wait. You, you have no inter- awesome. interest in seeing it. I have. I have no interest in Star Wars at oh, all. Oh, awesome. Oh, oh, great. So Jerry like, and I can talk. Well, about uh, thank you there all were... for joining us on the last episode of Leaving a Legacy. <laughs> <laughs> I have. I have the, the, so when I was a kid, Star Wars was out, and like. I'm a little kid, and this movie starts up, and there's a bunch of words scrolling up the screen, and I thought I was going to sit down and watch a movie, but I'm watching a fucking book, and I just oh, know oh, it. God. it Adrian, like Adrian, <laughs> that was the first 30 seconds of the movie. Yep. That's like, interest. that's literally less than 1%. So <laughs> little Adrian was just as ornery as adult Adrian. Yeah, just the like, only, the well, only I'm Star done. Wars movie, the only Star Wars movie I ever watched was Return of the Jedi, and I thought that was cool. And so every good. other one I can't even sit through. You oh, should, man. You should watch this one. Now that you know how to read, 
because <laughs> no, it sucks. It like it goes by, and I, maybe I read slow, and I'm like, I don't even know what the fuck that said. All right, and then, like shit slides sideways, then there's some shitty old fucking. Adrian, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make theater. you a note card, and I'm, I'm gonna give you the note card on the way to the movie theater. And that way you can Sorry. read it <laughs> on the way over, and you don't have to worry about it when it's on the screen. Well, no, oh. the thing is, it doesn't interest me. That's okay. That's okay. It doesn't have to. But like, like Return yeah. of the Jedi was cool. There was a bunch of like flying, floating, fucking white motorcycle shit that hit trees. Oh, yeah, the oh, yeah. that's my favorite scene, actually, teddy. in all of Then Star there was Wars. some teddy bear things that were hanging out in the woods that kidnapped Chewbacca. Like, that was all fucking cool. The rest of it was just... I, I don't really... Like, I don't know what the hell was going on with Luke and fucking... Well, you didn't watch the first two yeah. fucking movies. <laughs> Sorry, there was... up to that. Yeah, like, was... oh, you know, I watched the last Harry Potter, but they just really didn't do enough in the exposition of the I don't movie. know what's wrong with this Voldemort guy. He doesn't seem like such a bad guy. <laughs> I just yeah, that was missing my nose, man. Seen. Like, what the fuck? No, this oh, that's is okay. The... It's, not for, it's not for everyone. It, it, it was, um, as a longtime fan of Star Wars growing up, it was a fucking... I'm not going to give any spoilers because, you know, I'm, I'm sure pe- some people haven't seen it, but... <laughs> no, um, Pat, those people have already shut off the podcast, so it's okay. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully, yeah. <laughs> we, like, we said Star Wars, and they're just like, no! <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was everything, it was everything I wanted it to be. I'm actually bringing Liam to go see it on uh, on Wednesday. I can't wait. Yeah. Uh, I can't. I'm going to go see it in IMAX because I saw it, uh, regular version. Yeah. Uh, but nice. it was so enjoyable. Oh, uh, it was great. It was like, there was... J.J. Uh, Abrams did such a good job of retelling the beginning of the hero's journey, like a la New Hope, mm-hmm. uh, with with really great characters, the best actors they've hired for this series since it mm-hmm. since ever, like ma- rivaled only by maybe Alec Guinness in A New Hope. Um, just like real characters. Like I have strong, no fucking idea what you're talking. A strong. About. That's okay. A strong. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> a, <laughs> so, a really a really strong female lead. Yeah. Like a diverse cast. It was, it was fucking. It was just great. It was. Man, great. I, so, I feel bad for you and McGregor because he was probably the the only talent in the entirety of the original trilogy. Yeah. And he just got sadder and sadder as that trilogy went on. Well, like, you, I mean, like, you know, he's probably, I, I would imagine you and McGregor was approached by, by. Oh my God, I can't Stowe. do this. <laughs> <laughs> to be in the movie. And he's like, fuck yeah, I'll be in Star Wars. Hell and yeah. <laughs> he never even saw like George Lucas's God awful scripts. Right. And, like, probably it was too late to back out. And he's like, well, I guess I'm doing this now. <laughs> Goodbye career. Like, fuck <laughs> Like what has he done since then? This is Nothing. this is this is what people know me for. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Great. Oh, and I have to grow a beard. Thanks, George. Uh, Thanks. So I was he watching he this was awesome actually in The Force Awakens. Dude, I was watching his this voice. Awesome his voice. Him and Alec Guinness was. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, anyway, we'll have to do uh, we'll have to do a bonus episode this week of just no, Star Wars talk. No, we won't have to. No, no, you don't, you're not invited, Adrian. You're not. Uh, invited. That, yeah, no, we won't have to. No. <laughs> this is not, no, welcome. Uh, to... He was in Angels and Demons. He was in yep. Angels and Demons. That's a that's a movie I know about. So scooping into top eight, <laughs> Ewan McGregor. Scooping into top eight, I'm scooping in J.J. Abrams for fucking taking my childhood movie dreams and making them a reality. All right, and and, that's and also it to be no, and also yeah, it was great, man. Um, no, but for real, um, I'm gonna scoop in Lemmy from Motorhead who died today. Scoop him in a top oh, eight. Man, they get a real. Yeah, man. Um, also, you guys, man. Last week's episode was awesome. I I enjoyed listening to it, and okay, uh, and it enjoyed listening to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh, so, all right, yeah. All right, what else? Anybody, you got any other scoops? Anyone you're thankful for you didn't include, we didn't get included last year? Uh, oh, I, I'm, I'm actually in the middle of that part right now. Um, You know what? I'm thankful for all the people who listen to this podcast. Um, who uh, There are none. Yeah. yeah, there are none. So all zero of you um, <laughs> who keep sending us in cards from, from the ghost. The they're ghost. all just my split personalities. Right, so. yeah. They're just Jerry, like, cracking packs and sending in cards. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, so what the fuck was it? Uh, it's a P.O. Box 331, right? Uh, that sounds right. Southbridge, Mass. 01507, right. yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, send those in. Um yeah, man, just all the people who listen to the cast and interact with us on Twitter and Facebook, and you guys make the game uh, that much more enjoyable. So thank you. Appreciate it. But not quite as enjoyable as Star Wars. I mean, well, I'm, you know, uh, I'm not even going to get there. you going. Never mind. Yeah. They, they have, you know, they have, like, you know, basically 25 years of hard fanboy, like... like if, it, if it was everything you hoped and dreamed, ooh, man, we got to get you to dream bigger. Now, for, for a movie, yeah. it was, man. I'm telling you, dude. It was great. It was right. it was it was great. It was like it it's it made it brought okay. Tears to my all right, eyes. it was awesome. Yep. It brought tears to my eyes. Right. It did. Joe, Joe. It did. Uh. <laughs> did you go see it with a wife? No, I actually went. Um, she's not okay. thinking, she's not really into Star Wars, so right. I wouldn't drag her along for something she wouldn't appreciate. All right. Just wondering. Just wondering. I went. I went alone. I went alone on uh, the day it opened. Oh, surprising! I went to Star Wars alone. Uh, excuse me. I mean, I went to Star actually, Wars an opening with ten friends. Okay, any of them female? I bribed, I bribed the usher no? to let me in early so I could reserve the entire room. Oh, was awesome! That, was, was that a no? Was that a no, Jerry? Uh, girls are more than welcome <laughs> for Star Wars. There's well, nothing nope. saying that girls can't watch Star Wars. In fact, Hasbro just got in a bunch of trouble because yep. their they lead, should. their and main they character. Uh, is female, and they made like zero toys of her. They and she's made... fucking awesome. Yeah, she she's is awesome. fucking awesome. Awesome lead Ooh, character. What? Oh, okay. Hasbro got in trouble because Hasbro made all the toys for the Star Wars movie, okay. and they only made toys of the male characters, even right, though so, the main character. Like they made so they like so like Hasbro so, makes his like packs. They're like exclusive to Target, right? Just I gotta I gotta tell you this because I was shopping for my son for Christmas. So they make these packs of action figures. They're like they're like twelve inches tall or fourteen inches tall, whatever. And they have like the main villain, like uh, one like another you know like side character who's like fairly important, another side character who's like probably second tier, and then two random like stormtroopers. Yeah, like a stormtrooper main... and a tie pilot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they don't even have the fucking main character. Like the main protagonist of the movie is not in the box. It's like, what are you doing, man? So, All yeah, right. fucking so, anyway. anti-scoop to Hasbro for fucking that over. It wasn't your turn, Jerry. It was in the middle of scoops to top eights. Well, you know, I I interrupted. I'll give an anti-scoop to Hasbro. Right. <laughs> I'll also we... scoop in J.J. Abrams. Because, <laughs> 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 you know, he, he took a risk. He could have ended up being called Jar Jar Abrams for the rest of, you know, all time. But he avoided that fate, so hats off to him. He did. Uh, also, shout out to Joseph Mendoza, because he correctly identified Adrian's, uh, description of a car <laughs> by the, from the piecemeal description we put together, uh, and gave us a make and model of it <laughs> from last week's cast. So, shout out to you, Joseph. Okay. And, uh, we just did it in this entire episode last week. I used them all up. I don't know what you want of me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> Who would you like to scoop in? Uh, scoop it in. I'm, I'm going to scoop in Pat because he got started on the fucking auction that Jerry just couldn't get off the ground. <laughs> ah, slow roll, you mean. Slow roll. Oh, yeah, there was no fucking slower rolling than not doing it at all. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, so, also, scoop in Joel Michael for getting the auction started off right, by the way. Who? Uh, Joel Michael. He, uh, his, he said his parents uh, attended a bunch of auctions, so he's well-experienced, and he's giving some quality advice right now. And what, oh, oh, wow. Oh, on the thread that's, like, going on already? Yeah, exactly. Oh, look at that. Um, <laughs> scoop into top eight to era. <laughs> Just because? <laughs> Cause, well, because he acknowledges, he's like, I thought that was Jerry Mee's job. Oh, good, good. <laughs> it was, Ara. It was. <laughs> uh, also, on the off chance they happen to hear this at all, not that um, if Aaron... If Kate happens to hear this, or Aaron, or you guys happen to see either one of them, um, I want to get in contact with Aaron because I have some of the uh, SCG whatever vouchers. He's 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 uh, let me use his account a couple of times if I wanted to check out an article. He he Aaron's always good for like oh you should check out this article, but it's like I don't have um, the ability, so he's like oh well then here just do this and. Uh, He's let me use his account to be able to check it out. So I have some, like, vouchers to get him some credit. So I want to scoop in Aaron because he's always been insightful. And, uh, and open, sorry which... for ordering that Black Lotus on your account the other day. <laughs> no, it's not like... <laughs> no. No, he's a good guy. Uh, I wouldn't do shit like that to him. <laughs> Actually, I wouldn't do shit like that to people I don't like. <laughs> That's a pretty serious uh, financial, you know, escapade you could put someone in there. What's that? That's some uh, pretty financial, uh, you know, straits you could put someone in by just ordering something in their name, something like a Black Lotus. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the, got a receipt. There's a return policy, I guess, right? Or, you know, I don't know. I don't know how fucking mail fraud goes, whatever. I'm sure there's some there's some fucked up shit you could do to people, but, like, I don't know. you got to have no conscience. And, and uh, uh I don't know. I've had a life without a conscience, and it really wasn't that satisfying. So, anyway, uh, so scooping into top eight, fucking anybody I know with a conscience who uh, showed me how to have one. Good. Taking it to serious town. Yeah, yeah. I got to get it out of Star Wars. <laughs> Star Listen, Wars. We fucking serious. talk about a children's card game, man. Like, there's no, there's no, there's nothing, there's nothing off limits here. Like, come on, let's be real. Well, let's have a topic. I guess Star Wars is uh, <laughs> Star Wars is a topic. You know what? Star I, Wars is probably the most you know, topic 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 of all times. You, you know, educational. I like educational stuff, and I got to tell you, what I learned tonight is you could really get Pat fired up when you start mentioning Star Wars. Oh yeah, man! I can go. Sorry, <laughs> man, I can go on, man. I can go on. Did you know that Luke and fucking uh, Leia were also? Uh, never mind. Thank God, Leia. I thought you were going to ruin a spoiler for me. Spoiler! Spoiler! <laughs> Yep. Awesome. All right. Should we wrap it up, gentlemen? Yeah, oh, man. long ago. Long before the Star Wars stuff. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Pat, can you play us out with something Don't do sweet? it, Pat. Don't listen and to I him. think I know what you know he doesn't. He mean. doesn't even do that shit. <laughs> Pat, I want Duel of Fates. He doesn't like any of that stuff. Can you do me a favor? Can you play it out with the Star Trek theme? 
Nope. Star Trek, you fucking <laughs> asshole. Hey, I want Duel Fates. Give me Duel Fates. If we can give a, a little moment of homage here and just acknowledge that 2015 is now behind us, and uh, let's just remember Leonard Nimoy. Just start, just Adrian, start, why are you so night bus this episode? <laughs> why am I so what? So night bus. Like, what's what's night bus? Uh, night bus is just like, you know, that feeling you get when you're riding a bus late at night and you're just listening to some dreary music and you're just watching the empty countryside go by. And no, you what feel the that, fuck? You feel that feeling in your heart like you're just missing home. That's night bus. No, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> is that like, is, if, and if you got to explain it, like shark jumping or whatever that was, <laughs> jump the shark territory. Uh, Night bus is just a saying, and it's like, it's like kind of like real serious, real, you know, real talk. Oh, Night bus. Star Wars brought it out of me. <laughs> uh, we didn't know you were, uh, you know, you had such traumatic experience with. I, I know, like God forbid, you have to read something. <laughs> really, I mean, well, Star Wars and Star Trek. I'm just, I don't know. I never really got into Star Trek. I at least got into more than Star Wars, but yeah, that's okay, I, man. I mean, that's I the explanation, Pat. He's a Trekkie. He's a damn yeah, dirty yeah. Trekkie. <laughs> that's okay. Everyone's got, everyone's got their thing, man. If you don't like it, that's okay. I don't, I don't, I don't. I don't I don't blame anyone for that. I just love it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's cool that you love it. It's yeah. just it's just not an interest that we share. That's okay. Yeah, that's cool. Are you, are you I guys, still love you, Pat. You I know. Good? I love you too, man. It's it's fine. I don't. Like I said, it's everyone's like, got that thing, man. I'm just thinking, you know, it's nice that they came out with a new Star Trek movie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm not going to let you rain in my parade, Adrian. I still have a big <laughs> over here. <laughs> All right. It, it's, it's time to go. All this right, guys. <laughs> Pat, 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 play Jerry out. <laughs> yeah. You can email us at leavinglegacymtg at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at Mathematrixter, at JMEE3RD, or at Pat Uglo. Thanks for listening. Remember, play fast, not loose. That's the way I like it, baby. I don't want to live forever.